0: of like i it's just coincidence but you guys are in Monday and the night before a goat passes away bill russell oh no and we don't talked don't about this the this great man. bill russell put, now no, you know I have y'all set up to don't come put in this juju on and me, then man. late last night we get word that vin scully passed away yes. don't put this
1: on Yeah it's very sad to hear that the
0: great i mean he is when it comes to 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 to, to baseball announcers there is none greater than vin scully Yes, I mean he is the the last of his kind of a kind of a dying breed, and I, I just I feel like I've got a number of Vin Scully calls in here, right? I feel like we should play some throughout the day. The long, 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 long time Dodgers announcer who was part of Dodger broadcast for over sixty years. Jeez, man! I mean, the guy was in the booth calling baseball games for just multiple eras. And um, rest in peace to the legend.
2: You know, friends, so many people have wished me congratulations on a 67-year career in baseball. And they have wished me a wonderful retirement with my family. And now all I can do is tell you what I wish for you. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. And when the upcoming winter gives way to spring, rest assured, once again, it will be time for Dodger baseball. So this is Vin Scully wishing you a very pleasant good afternoon, wherever you may be.
0: That was his final goodbye um, on TV. I mean, 94 years old, uh, an icon. Now, you guys are much younger than me, but... I imagine you probably knew who Vin Scully was. Yes, yes, yeah. What what is it that stands out to you about Vin Scully?
1: Well, for me, I mean it's the it's the call he had, and uh, just the way he called games, man. As as somebody who who grew up wanting to be a commentator, that's why I got into this industry. It's it's guys like him, it's guys like John Madden. Those are the guys you kind of idolize, and you know, other people they idolize athletes and rightfully so. You know, if you want to go into professional sports, you idolize you know the Michael Jordans, the you know the the Lebrons of that era and those guys. For anybody who wants to be a broadcaster, you want to have an impact beyond just your voice. Like you want to be remembered, and guys like him, guys like John Madden, they will forever be remembered. So
0: I, I think to be a guy that does baseball, and a lot of times, you know, for for large parts of his career by himself, you got to be able to make anything interesting. Yes. Absolutely, you know I I am not uh, a, an experienced play by play guy by any means. So, you know this is just coming from me. But having done a fair amount of UL baseball games over the years, um, used to do them a lot early in the season during an overlap. We needed fill in, mm-hmm. not as much anymore, um, unless they you know they got no one left. Right. Let's call Scott. Um, but that, but but it it was. Calling a baseball game by yourself, you just you can describe. It's good to have a play a color analyst and kind of. But when you don't, you know, whenever there's a lull, whenever there's something slow, I mean, I you know start talking about alums from the school they're playing or the state or just different things. I mean, Vince Scully could make baseball more interesting than it already was. But he could also make like anything interesting. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's hard to do for. Sixty-seven years, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's <laughs> yeah. a lot of
3: it's a lot of coming up with stuff that's interesting. The guy was born in nineteen twenty-seven. That's insane. Yeah, like he called baseball. Like that's so crazy to think of the different eras, not only in baseball but in the world in America that he called baseball.
0: He'll be missed. Insane. Here's Vince Scully trying to uh, not trying to making uh, something like dirt interesting.
2: Well, looking at Clayton Kershaw's Whoa. uniform yeah. with all the dirt on it. It reminds us about the importance of dirt to certain people. And if you go back, you know, first of all, the umpires get a certain dirt and they rub the new balls before putting them in the game. Back in 1916, the Yankees were playing in the polar grounds. And whenever the Washington Senators came to New York to play the Yankees, would you believe They brought their own dirt. You're saying, what? Yeah, they did. They would bring their own dirt to dry their hands. And they claimed the soil around home plate in the polo grounds was trick dirt. (laughs) Have you ever heard of trick dirt? Here's the 1-1 pitch on the way. Fastball banged into right field. Base hit. So Gia Vitella, 2-4-2 to center, to right, and the Resident battle will be Shane Robinson. Robinson. Yeah, to conclude the thought, the Washington Senators, as they were then called, said that instead of drying the moisture on their hands, the dirt in the polar grounds made their hands slippery and the balls and bats harder to handle. How about that? Trick dirt. Well, there's nothing tricky about Kershaw. He tried to get the third on a base hit. And it looks like Linus.
3: That is
0: insane. It's, it's seamless too. There's smooth. no There's no like uh yeah. this. Just
1: it's it was just and as someone that thankfully I didn't have to do it on air, but as someone who had uh who has done a, a game by himself trying to do both color and uh play by play, I froze like a deer in headlights. Now thankfully it was just a practice when we weren't on air. But I, that is incredibly hard to do, and to do it as smooth and as seamless as you said, as he did it, and just it's like he was having a conversation with somebody, but it was just him. It was just him up he's, there. Did he was so, asking
3: questions and
1: like the,
3: the pace of his
1: voice and yeah. how
3: smoothly he would move from one thing to the next? It's insane. It's so hard for baseball the, to. Talents. Like that's
0: that's got to be the
1: hardest sport to call.
0: He's the goat with baseball. When it comes to to baseball announcers, I mean, Ben Scully is one of one.
1: I mean, he's. A
3: top two announcer of all time, and I don't think he's two. Uh,
0: yeah, in the world of baseball, yeah. overall play-by-play. Play, I mean, you could. I don't. I don't know. I don't really know Vince Scully from anything other than calling baseball games. I mean, and, you know, come on. Dodger he, games. But
1: he had the great call for uh, the catch of the Niners Cowboys game. Cowboys game.
0: Dwight Clark. Yes, I mean the guy is uh, guy's a legend. Rest in peace, and um, we'll be playing some Vince Scully snippets throughout the show this morning. Uh, if you're just joining us, I'm Scott Prayther's the great Scott show. That is Blaze, that is Nasty Nick. They're in studio this morning with me. We're going to hit on um a number of things this morning. We got to get into uh including some trades at the MLB trade deadline. The Dolphins get disciplined by the NFL. A little bit on college football. Jonathan Lucroy officially hanging up his cleats and will immediately go into the Brewers Hall of Fame. Shout out, man! Um, And of course, you know, remembering Vince Scully and Honey Badger. Tyron Matthew back at Saints training camp, and um, you know Jeff Duncan, the first to report it. Don't really know too many details yet, but good to have him there and. You know, I, I I've heard. Well, you know, he's a veteran. He doesn't need the reps the way a rookie would. And while that's true, he's also in a brand new system. He's, right. he's on a new team. It's a new defense. It's you know, it is it is it it, it it is important that he be there. Um, and it's good that he is after dealing with what the team was calling a a family matter. So that's good. On that note, guys. San Diego going all in for Juan Soto. All kind of other trades happening at the you know the last the couple line. of days. Um, what it, it seems like is it just am I a prisoner of the moment, or does it seem like more teams are going all in to try to win it this year more so than maybe other years where you've got okay, you know, you've got a couple teams. It seems like there's like eight teams that are like we're going for it.
3: Yeah, baseball. Yeah, yeah baseball's weird right now because it seems like so many teams have a shot and you know in in the past baseball's kind of been like oh you know you kind of have an idea like who's the favorites who are some potential like dark horse upsetters but right now like it's so wide open it feels wide open and teams that were having a slow start to the season are starting to pick up teams that having a start a fast start are starting to slow down it just feels so nebulous right now in the MLB
0: I I what do you what do you make of it, Blaze?
1: For me from a from a San Diego standpoint, yeah, I look at it as, as trying to save the excitement. I mean, think about it when Tatis uh-huh. came on, there was so much excitement about where this this organization was gonna go and you add Manny Machado and there there's all this hype around it, and then Tatiz is now being called by majority of fans around the league one of the most overrated players in yeah. the MLB right now. So it almost seems like to me it's a, it was a move to kind of save the excitement. You're bringing another young big superstar like Juan Soto. But then you also look at it from a bigger picture standpoint is 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 the Yankees kind of the cause of all this cuz they're the juggernaut that everybody's trying to take down right now with all the big names they have on their roster. So it's I don't know, you know, I really don't know what to make of it in terms of what was the obviously, you know, the San Diego Padres are going to look at it and say we're, we're trying to win. That's the goal here. That's that's why we made this move.
0: But I mean, how much does it help? I don't know. I, I feel like what surprised me is I just assume look, if you're trading for soda, you're eventually gonna extend them because that's yes, that's a giant haul that they gave up. I mean, yeah. they gave up not just I mean they gave up a couple players that are on their major league roster now in addition to some big time prospects. But there's talk that, you know, San Diego's I mean, since they're paying Tatis as much as he is they're just going to make a run, maybe make a run next year, then flip him again. I mean, I I don't know I have that. No idea. It, it, he might just end up with the Dodgers or Yankees anyway, because they're going to be the ones willing to make him the richest player of all time. <laughs> I I think Soto there was a bunch of deals going on that probably would be more noteworthy if it wasn't for the Juan Soto story hanging over the trade deadline. Because I don't think it's hyperbole to say it's. As far as trade deadlines go, being traded at the deadline, I don't think there's ever been a better player that changed teams at the trade deadline. Yeah,
3: no, prob- probably not. Absolutely, no. I mean
0: that's. And then if you don't make it, if you don't win at all, if you're San Diego, and then you end up not having them long term, it sucks. It but feels you know like what? A huge way. I, I, but I applaud any team that goes for it. Yeah, like don't. I mean, the goal is to win. When you have a window that's there, go for it. Yeah. Like, don't be like, "Eh, I'm kind of scared. Like, pull the trigger. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But I would rather that than a team that's just constantly... You know, I wanted the Mets to make a move. um, And they didn't. And, well, you got DeGrom back. Okay, cool. And the offense immediately went away as soon as he started (laughs) pitching. Um, And that is a big deal. If he is healthy, you're getting the best pitcher in the world back right now. And that, that can help you. But... You got a good team with a chance to win it. and Everyone else is making these moves and adding pieces and making the trades. I, I just just go for it, man. You never know if you're going to be back there. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Astros, they, you know, buzzes aside, they were. Uh, I mean, as far as rebuild goes, I mean, they yeah, were at no, the bottom. Were, yeah, yeah. And then once they started getting to the top, they started making moves and saying, "We're we're not just trying to win one. We're going to try to keep winning here and extend this window as much as possible and not. You know the Royals win a World Series, then immediately go back go into back the gutter really, really, and yeah. just you know they were dealing players at the deadline. I getting squat return this year, and it's like man, it wasn't that long. What six years ago they were the they were the champions, yeah. and now they're just like the worst team out there. And they're I don't know, man. Don't just don't just have a small window. If you have a if you have a chance to to make some moves and and extend it, if it is small, if it's a lot, whatever. I'm I applaud a team that just goes for it. Nice. yeah.
1: 100%. It's
0: fair. Gosh, man. <laughs> is it? it, it. Sinead Otani. There was a little bit of talk of him maybe being traded. The White Sox went for him. I mean, is he going to stick around when he hits free agency in 2023? Should the Angels have just gone ahead and said, we're going to do it, what, what the, the Nats did? We're going to trade him now with a little over a year left on his deal because we probably won't have him long term anyway because the Angels are consistently. Here's what I think of the Angels. You see a headline: Trout makes baseball history. Atani does something that's never been done in 87 years. Angels lose six three. Yep. Yeah, like that's kind of like every. You know? Yes,
1: it's it's sad, man. It makes, it's so sad. It makes to watch. me so sad. You have possibly not possibly. You have two. You have two MVPs on on your roster. Two mm-hmm. of them, and the fact that you you can't. You just can't close out games. You can't win games. And these guys are giving you every opportunity. I mean, Shohei and Trout are giving you every opportunity. This is the reason why these games aren't farther, you know, farther deficits than what they really are yeah. because these two guys are on your roster. And it's like you're seeing two generational talents go to, I say go to waste because they're performing. You're getting great content out of them from a fan's perspective. But you want to see, as a fan, you also want to see them win. You want to see them go deep in the playoffs. You want to see them get a shot at the pennant and. They're not getting that chance right now, and it's sad to watch as a fan.
3: You're going to lose casual baseball fans because casual baseball fans are going to hear, like, Mike Trout. Oh, I know that name. Shohei Otani. Oh, I've seen, like, that dude on Twitter doing crazy stuff that doesn't, like, it doesn't happen anymore. Let me go see what this Angels team is all about. And then
1: they show up, and the Angels are
0: I mean, have you ever just been like, I want to watch the Angels?
1: No. No, I want to watch. Show And and I I like the, like as a kid, like that was, I don't know why it was the colors. I always liked the Angels. Like that was kind of my team. We don't have a team around here. So the the Angels were always kind of my team. And I loved Mike Trout. But man, it was hard to watch because it's like they were never good.
0: They, you know, they they were in the playoffs one time with Mike Trout. They got, you know, he's 0 3 lifetime in the postseason. Yeah. I don't know, man.
3: But you have like the current face of baseball and the next face of baseball on your team, and you're doing nothing with
0: it. Yeah, and you're in the LA market, but you're you're like kind of the Clippers to the yeah yes Dodger yeah. Lakers, and the Clippers are more, you know they've you're kind of like the Clippers of like fifteen years ago, right? Yeah, like that, to, you know that's what the Angels kind of are, and they did they did win a World Series in I guess o two, but you know outside is of twenty outside, years outside, ago, yeah yeah, jeez. or 0-3, yeah, I guess it was o two, man. It's been it's been a minute. It's been a while, huh? <laughs> Was it either row two or three? I don't remember one of those years. Let's just let's just round up if it's not and call it 20. sure. Um, yeah, the trade deadline. I think you know the Braves got better, the Yankees got better, the Astros got better, um, the Dodgers stacked. Obviously, the Padres got a lot better. Yep. I mean, teams are the Cardinals. Who knows? They always go for it. Which I'm not yes. a Cardinals fan, but shout out to them. They, they always, always go, go for it. it. I, it's the the, play, the the MLB postseason, which is when i really paying the most attention outside of following the Mets. That's when I think it's going to be fun this year. Because it's one thing when you have a, a team of, you know, cliche, ragtag, underdog, not expected yeah. to be here. It's another when you've got multiple teams that put all their cards on the table and we're like, we're going for it. We're going to go all in, we're going to go for it. It adds the drama and the pressure as opposed to I mean this is a fun young team and they'll probably be back soon like the pressure on San Diego the pre- i mean if New York and Houston play which everyone's hoping the, the animosity there it oh, th- yeah. there's there's going to be i mean if the Braves they're and that's play like this year the twins who have lost 15 playoff games in a row they're making moves they they might win their division but then probably just get swept and not win a playoff <laughs> game like they, i'm um I mean, I'm getting excited for October when it comes to baseball because the—I don't know—the trade deadline. I feel like got baseball back in the headlines in a way that felt like it was just even with the All Star break, it just kind of felt like it was lagging a little bit.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, baseball needs something like that. It needs some storylines. It needs something to get people back, you know, more interested
1: in a, in a season that's so long. I I generally think that the and for and you could say this for NBA too. The the, the deadline, the trade deadline being near right near the middle of the season, whether that's after the All-Star break or right before the All-Star break for for both sports. The season is so long, so fans kind of get lulled and asleep in a way until the playoffs come along. So you kind of mm-hmm. want something to kind of get them energized again. So seeing new faces and new places, it's exciting. It gets people wanting to watch again before just, you know, just before the playoffs. No especially doubt.
3: Especially when you see these big names like Soto.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it I think to, to both of y'all's points and as you said, Blaze, it's that it's like an extra jolt. Yeah. Whenever you're kinda like, all right, can we get to oh wait, yeah, we got the trade deadline coming up. And you learn a lot about teams at the trade deadline and how they operate and how serious they are. I mean, on one hand, the Nats offered Soto four hundred and forty mil, and on the other is agents like, wait two years, you'll get more. Unless you get yeah. hurt. Unless you get hurt. Yeah. But you'll get more. And when you looked at it from a Nat standpoint, the four hundred and forty number was crazy, but you're like over 10 years county was already on his contract and then you started doing it up you're like actually i get why the nats did that it's but they they kind of but they they kind of put it out there like this is as far as we're willing to go and he's like i'm not right. doing it right and then they they moved him uh shout out the cubs who apparently are not doing anything but didn't want to trade their catcher and just not get anything <laughs> for him and he's going to leave anyway like that's that's another thing i don't understand yeah. like the reds had a fire sale but it makes sense you're oh the yeah, Cubs! No, that makes it's sense. like, what are you, what are you guys even doing? Like, what are you? Do? He's not going to be there. So, what's what's happening here? Anyway, ESPN Lafayette best ticket in sports. The Dolphins. This is get disciplined by the NFL. This we're gonna, should be
3: such a bigger story.
0: We're gonna, all right, okay, all right. I mean, is, is it not big?
3: I don't know. Are I big? feel like it's not getting the is coverage. Is it not it
0: big? Means. Well, we'll discuss next. In the meantime, here's some more from the great Vince Scully. This is the great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports.
2: That was awfully nice. The umpire just stood up and said goodbye, as I am saying goodbye. Seven runs, 16 hits for the winning Giants, one for one for the Dodgers. And the winner, Matt Moore, the loser, Kenza Maeda. I have said enough for a lifetime. And for the last time, I wish you all a very pleasant good afternoon. This
4: is the one place where you can really let the referees know exactly how you feel. This is
2: the NFL, which stands for not for long when you make them calls.
4: ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. He peaked athletically in the seventh grade. Do you know what a hero you are to me? I presume you're referring to my four touchdowns in one game. It's the Great Scott Show with Scott Frather on ESPN Lafayette. The best ticket in sports.
2: Nick Ahmed has a base hit to drive in the run. He wears number 13. One on one. It's an untrue old-fashioned belief that number 13 is an unlucky number it's a worldwide belief but it does not hold up that's a strike you'll almost never see a room numbered 13 or any hotel or motel with a 13th floor but think the other way about number 13 look at the dollar bill for instance America relies on God, not a number, to direct and lead. There were 13 original colonies, 13 signers of the Declaration of Independence, 13 stripes on the flag, 13 steps on the pyramid on your dollar bill, 13 letters in E Pluribus Unum. On that dollar bill, there are 13 stars above the eagle, 13 bars on the shield, 13 leaves on the olive branch, 13 fruits, and if you look very closely, 13 arrows. Another foul ball. And finally, if you're looking at the dollar bill, notice the arrangement of the 13 stars in the right-hand circle. You'll see that they are arranged as a star of David. So nothing wrong rooting for number 13.
0: The great Vin Scully. Just riffing on 13. Dude. The GOAT, uh, rest in peace, Vin Scully passed away last night. This is the great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I'm Scott, that's Blaze. Nasty Nick is here as well. We'll be playing some Vin Scully clips throughout the broadcast, uh, or the show, rather, this morning. The Miami Dolphins yesterday, guys. Let me me get your thoughts once we rehash exactly uh, what went down, which... Um, was you lose a first-round pick and a third-round pick. Yep. Steven Ross was fined uh, $1.5 million. Um, he cannot attend a game until October 17th. He's suspended. He has to be away from the team. Bruce Beal, the Dolphins' vice chairman and limited partner, cannot attend any league meetings for this season, was fined half a million dollars. Uh, and... The Dolphins got popped for tampering with Tom Brady on two occasions when he was under contract with the Patriots and then again when he was under contract with the Bucs and then also for reaching out to Sean Payton's agent in January, um, which I don't think that's even really that big of a deal, that part of it. Uh, The other part of it that was ridiculous was – the investigation into whether or not the owner offered former head coach Brian Flores $100,000 to lose a game in hopes that losing would improve their draft stock. Uh, And basically the investigation said there were various recollections of the exact wording, but clearly his intention was not to be taken serious, which... It's just like just a lie. they can't admit that even, even oh, it's, a, it's an independent investigation Sure. The, the NFL is never going to allow anything to come out that would suggest that somebody was intentionally trying to lose games. So when it comes to that part of it, oh, well, he was just joking. Uh, but overall, lose a first rounder in 2023, a third rounder in 2024. That's what the fans care about. They don't really care if the owner gets fined a million and a half dollars. Blaze... You first, and then Nick, who's just over there bubbling with rage, apparently. Uh, what were your thoughts on this one when the news broke yesterday? I mean,
1: when I looked at the details, and we kind of talked about this with Lynn, tampering, I think when, when a lot of fans first hear that word, and they think it's like this big collusion, this big kind of like Watergate or Deflategate scandal, things of that nature that went on. But it was something as and don't get me wrong, like it's it's still a, it's still against the rules. It still should be punished. But it was something as simple as two text messages that went to Tom Brady. You know, one when he was with the Pats and one recently when he was with the Bucks. Just saying, like you know, hey, you know, are you thinking about Miami? And it was just at inopportune times on on channels that were not approved for for communication in that way. So. It's that's that's the the basics of tampering. That's what it was. Something as simple as that, and it's wrong. And it's you know if that's the rules, then you follow the rules. And if you break them, then you should be punished. But I don't know. I guess when I first when I first heard tampering, I was thinking like this big kind of scandal that was going on. Now obviously the the Brian Flores thing we've been knowing about for a while. That one, the whole Brian Flores situation and him kind of being run out of Miami. That one set. That one didn't sit well with me worse than this whole tampering thing. That I, I really didn't like or care for.
0: Well, I think – but Flores, that's what led – that's what opened up an investigation of the Dolphins to begin with. Now, right. I, I don't know if one led to the other. While they're looking into it, they're like, oh, well, let's also do this, whether it was because they discovered or whether it was because let's find something else to pop them with. So the yeah, – if it was just an investigation into, oh, did the league – um you know, use. Did did the league owner have racist tendencies, and did they offer to tank games? Let's do this other thing at the same time, so that when the headline comes out, that's more the focus. That's mm-hmm. kind of the right. The that's just the cerebral part of me always looking for the other angle when it comes to stuff like this. But I think it holds. That's up a very
3: anyway. valid angle, and so that's where kind of I was going to go. So that, that there's kind of a couple ways you can look at this. First off, Brian Flores, I would not. I don't. And Lynn mentioned this earlier. That dude is not a liar. He is a he's a decent. He seems like a decent guy. Always been very honest. I would not be surprised if what he's saying is actually the truth. Um. But on the other end of things, what I guess what bothers me about this, and what, what just it rubs me the wrong way about it. Number one, every team tampers, just not every team gets caught, and that's almost in all sports. Um. The other end of that. Um, the Dolphins. The result of the Dolphins tampering right after they tampered with Tom Brady, he retired, and then he unretired, of course. Right after they tampered with John Payton, he retired, and we were hearing already that he's thinking about the
0: second like that. time the Dolphins tampered with Tom Brady. That's right. Okay, yeah, good point. Good, <laughs> point. Good, point. good point. good point. Right.
3: The second time. Good call. But I'm saying with all that, with all that being said, like this is like there it is having an effect. And the effect that it's having is one of just, it's creating this kind of environment around these individuals of like distrust and dishonesty and disloyalty. And it's, 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 I just don't like it. It's, it's not a good thing. And it, honestly, like I said, because all teams do it, there's nothing I, like I can really say about it. I'm sure the Saints have done it. I'm sure, you know, other teams that I like, the Jets have done it. Like, but it, I, it just, when the team gets caught doing something like this, and especially when they get punished for it, when in reality, they're what they're being punished for. Honestly, is probably the, the tanking thing, even though they didn't find anything. Right, that's like the conspiracy side of it. It's just it's it's so you're never gonna get the the straight answer. I, that's what bothers me about
0: you know it. I um I think uh, here's what I'll say because you guys talk about tampering. And well, everyone does it. In this I think you also have to take into it take into account context and timing which for me is why I don't think them reaching out to Sean Payton's agent in January after a season is that big of a deal. right? I think the Tom Brady thing is a bigger deal because of context and timing. Like, he's under contract with the Patriots, and you're talking to him about coming over, being part owner, getting a coach, well, that doesn't work out. Then you do it again when he's still under contract for another team. During his career, hey, we want you to come over here. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. That is, and it's Tom Brady, and it has to do with part ownership. That's very different than when Pierre Thomas relayed the story to me during the last year of his rookie deal before a preseason game, Bill Belichick told him, you'd fit really well into this offense. That's tampering. Yeah. Yeah. Not a big deal. Two two different sides of the spectrum. Right. Like, yeah. I think when it comes to tampering, Nick, with respect, to say, well, everyone does it, I you, you got to factor in context, yes. timing, yes. who it is, how strong it was, all of that. You know, LeBron James and, and Clutch setting up the whole AD thing years ago, but creating headlines and then him being asked by a reporter, hey, you know, there's there's rumors that you guys might trade for Anthony Davis. How would you feel about this? By the way, this was long before Davis requested a trade, that was all strategic. But him responding to a reporter, some would say, oh, technically it's, it's tampering. Like that's different than them going into a season and saying, you're going to get out of here and here's how you're going to do it. And mm-hmm. we're going to make sure all this happens. And we're going to wait till this date. And then this. That, that, there's like, there's different sides of it. And so I thought, I thought the Brady thing, even though we cannot, you know, already heard about it the, the second time it happened, um and how they wanted to team him up with Sean Payton and all this other stuff mm-hmm. that was um it felt like a big deal at the time but then again Brady's just kind of Teflon it's like the league the media you don't want to you don't want to put it out there too too much because i mean the the deflate gate thing happened and a lot of that was was kind of bs if we're being honest but the deflate gate thing happened and it 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 became more about the league than Tom Brady Spygate happened and that wasn't just Brady that was years ago but um you know Goodell at the time burned the tape and they just claimed that nothing like they'll let certain things hang out there longer than others to your point Nick and I think releasing it all at the same time was very strategic and adding in there you know there was there was nothing in there about tanking games because if if there was legit evidence that they had to acknowledge, yes, an owner was paying to intentionally lose games. When the NFL is finally acknowledging betting partners and all yes, this other stuff, that is huge. That's it, well. Now you're opening up potential loss. Just everything. You yeah. just you. That's something that let's let's just let's not even have this. Let's have everybody talking about this other thing. Let's have everybody talking about Brady and losing a draft pick and all this other stuff. And let's put this other stuff about Brian Flores, which is. You know, from a cultural standpoint, a more important issue when you're dealing with a minority coach that, that, you know, says he was fired because that was part of the reason. And you're also dealing with tanking. Um,
3: That's why this is a bigger story. I
0: should think, be a bigger story. Yes. Yeah, and and, I, and I, I'm with you there. I think, I think that, that makes sense. But yet, did anything about this surprise you? No. <laughs> no. Not really. I mean, he was, He said it, guys, but he was just joking.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Rich well, it's like unless you see, like, I guess unless you see, like, actually proof of money transfers going that's, through to, like, players or to coaches for, like, tanking these games. I guess that would kind of be the only legit evidence. That's what I was about to say. But at the They're same never time. never going to find money transfers because yeah.
3: he's the guy who could probably deal all this in cash if Like, we know, well, we it, know it, it's well, true. But,
0: but the story is that he said no. Like, yeah, Brian Flores said no. Yeah. Right, right. So there was no money transfer. I mean, right. he said no. He, he And he said all of this in a lawsuit, so it was out there, so they had to respond in some way. Okay, well, we'll look into it. Okay, yeah, he mentioned it to you, but he was just joking. Right. Come on. All right. Hell, maybe he was. I don't know. But how can, like, one person saying, I wasn't serious. The other person was like, oh, yes, he was. The NFL and the it's like, come on. What are you going to do? They're not going to be like, well, it could have happened. Like, no, it the recollection is cla- – I'm going to go find the exact quotes, but it was just kind of like, yeah, this is this is typical. Um, and Dolphin fans are upset because they lost the first-round pick.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've seen different views on that on Twitter talking about how if the Dolphins are good, like everybody's hyping them up to be with Tua and Tyreek – then that first-round draft pick may be, i say irrelevant, but it's not like you're going to go out and get one of the top quarterbacks that are coming out in this next draft because they won't be there if you make the playoffs and if you're good like you're supposed to be. So many people are saying that the the first-round draft pick is kind of irrelevant in a sense.
0: It's not. Yeah. It's never irrelevant.
3: Also worth worth noting is um, that Bruce Beal's fine is, in on balance, more severe than the owners, because Bruce Beal is apparently the guy who was actually directly doing a lot of this stuff. That Stephen Ross, dude, he made... He was the guy that got... That put together the F1 race in Miami. One and a half million dollars to him is, like... Oh,
0: yeah. A lunch. Yeah, yeah, he's he's
3: fine. $500,000 for Bruce Beal is still not huge.
0: That's a good bit. But
3: it's a bigger ratio. To, it is. Compared to his oh, income. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So, like, Bruce Beal is really getting the short end... I say that, but he's probably the one that they is claimed, now, of course, NFL is going to protect their owners, but it's claimed that he's the one that led this, so he's definitely taking the fall for it either way.
0: So Stephen Ross tried to get Brady and Sean Payton to come to Miami, and his suspension is one day longer than Deshaun Watson for 24 cases, <laughs> oh <my God>. alleging <laughs> sexual assault. Oh man. Um, He traded a first and a third for a shot to get Brady a quarterback and Payton as the coach in 2022. 20-
3: now, does that if? Hey, we said reason, earlier we like when someone goes all in. Yeah, hey yo,
0: three three seven two six nine ten seventy seven. Let's take a phone call. Good morning, welcome into the Great Scott Show. Hello.
5: Good morning. Yeah, uh, you're right about that pick not being irrelevant. Uh, guys like Ryan Ramchak are taken to that time, but in kind the of late in the first round. But uh, the reason why I called was, uh, you know. I understand that there's more nuances to it than just an average person's job or occupation and stuff. I just, I'll never understand why, like, it's so different in the NFL than a person's average job. Like, if, if you, you know, you work for ESPN 1420, Scott, but, like, some radio station out of Nebraska calls you and was like, look, man, I know you currently might be under contract with them, but we'd be interested in hiring you, you know, once you became available or. If maybe we could have a conversation with that team well, about maybe-
0: it's different because you have a, a a collectively bargained agreement between a union and owners. If you're not part of a union, then it wouldn't matter if it wasn't written into a contract that you're supposed to follow under the guidelines of the CBA. I mean, that's why it's different. And when you're dealing with you know something as big as the NFL and the amount of money that gets put in there and the
3: competition in
0: mode. yeah, they're all they're all gonna look out for their best interest, and so. Um, you can't. I mean, you, you you come on, Josh. I mean, you can't have owners or coaches or players constantly going out there publicly throughout a season. It's not. It's not good business model either. If I mean, granted, ESPN would tell you it's good for the NBA because all they do is just rant about you know who's going to go to New York yeah, next. But if throughout the NFL season it was about this guy needs to be somewhere else or he should go elsewhere, that's. I don't think that's good for the NFL. They just thrive on the fact that seventy five of the top one hundred most viewed things on television last year in the United States were NFL games. I think they, they, they want it to be more about the game than, you know, uh, owners constantly going on, you know, platforms and asking someone to come play for them or offering them stuff while they're under contract. You know what I mean?
5: No, I get it. I guess I just, I don't know. I just always thought it rubbed me the wrong way to see just like how much power they have. I mean, it's kind of like the draft. I mean, I understand there's no way to do it differently. It's just, I mean, like if you, if you graduated from broadcasting school and then like the day after, you're like, all right, babe, looks like we're moving to Moving to Jacksonville, I got drafted by the ESPN Jacksonville station. Don't have a choice. That's where I've got to go work. And like, they're, they're going to
0: write. And for me, they're going to write me a million dollar contract. I'd I'd do it coming yeah. out of college. <laughs> you know, I'd I know, work hard I and then uh, I would establish free agency and then I would have a little more say. But look, I, I I've heard the argument about the model is bad. It's not like but it's it's it. There's nothing about it that's normal. Like I don't I don't compare the NFL yeah. to. I try not to Anything. ever compare an athlete's job to my job because it's just two different worlds yeah like, they can't understand mine. I can't understand theirs I just I try to find the humanity in it but you know as long as I, I I think if it was all just nothing but free agency and nothing else ever, no draft, no CBA tampering's all legal, I just I don't think that is a good business model for a league that's making billions and billions of dollars. Yeah.
5: No, I get you. I get you 100%. Uh, one quick question. Uh, do you all know anything about um, this Chris Herndon guy at the Saint Sign? I understand it's it's preseason. I understand this is a guy that might not even make the roster. But I just wanted to see, get your thoughts on him. And if you think that's a guy that might actually make the team, I tied in and I'll hang up and listen. Uh,
3: I've been following the Chris Herndon stuff pretty closely because he's a Jets guy. And I used, I, I'm a self-proclaimed masochist fan of the Jets. And um... A weirdo, hey! Look, <laughs> I grew, I grew up straight up. This is the stupidest reason ever, but I grew up when I was a kid. I was playing Madden, right? Everybody has their my player. They want their player to get drafted to a crap team so that they can rebuild it from the ground up. I was drafted to the Jets. I rebuilt them, brought them the five Super Bowls. Been a Jets fan ever since. Not, not a joke. Straight up, honest. Just... I was like ten. Give me a break. Okay, but all right, fine. Been a Jets fan ever since. Love their uniforms, also. Oh, but.
0: Well, they're traditional. You know, I didn't like those ones they were wearing last year. That was, yeah, I do. No, that either.
3: was ugh. I, I digress. Chris Herndon is a depth guy. He's a, he's he's the guy that you're gonna bring in that you want. Jawan Johnson and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna blank on his name, but he's our fourth Adam tight end Troutman, right now. Adam Troutman,
0: Taysom oh. Hill, Lucas Croll.
3: Lucas Croll, yeah, like the, those, like not the Troutman and Taysom Hill. They, their spots are secured, but they're the guys that's like Chris Herndon's the guy that you want. Jawan Johnson, you want Lucas Kroll, you want uh, – he's a guy who's been at the, the team for a while. I can't – I can't think of his name right now. He's always been like a, a depth tight end Garrett guy. Garrett Griffin. Garrett Griffin maybe. I don't know. But he's he's a guy you want them to compete with. You oh, want?
0: you're talking about Nick Vanette. Nick Vanette. Thank yes. you. No, Vanette, Vanette's, Vanette's – he's not bad. Out. He's on the team. He just yeah, missed a good bit of last year because of an injury.
3: Yeah. but So, like, he, those. he's a guy that you want those guys to compete with. He's a guy that can – he's a really good blocker at the tight end position. Uh, he can put his hands on a ball he's a big body guy i mean he's not he's not gonna change the entire tight end room, but he's got some good experience he's a he's a he's a solid like just a tough run blocker and he can he can put some of these dudes on notice and make sure that they're really doing everything they can
0: uh, i um, can i my my concern is Taysom hills is it a rest day or is he out He wasn't out there the other day is he back is he not? When you bring in a certain position at that part of the camp, you know, you've had six training camp practices. It's usually because either guys are looking bad or somebody got hurt. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I, I, I always have get enough. worried. I just... Training camp and preseason always so stressful for me. I'm like, God, just, just don't just <laughs> I, don't get hurt.
1: I yeah. kind of look at it from like a competition. I mean, I guess it – and not, not just me. I guess everybody does. But like a real competition standpoint, you're trying to see what these other guys that you're testing out, like Jawan Johnson, you know, he's – they said he's really beefed up this year yeah, to really make to that guy. switch to tight end, to be a, a real blocking tight end as well, not just a, a receiving threat. But he's supposedly beefed up a lot this year. And Adam Troutman hasn't delivered like – Coaches and fans wanted him to. And and since I've been watching the Saints, we've always kind of had a a decent, not necessarily a star tight end. Obviously, Jimmy Graham was the biggest star tight end we've ever had. But we've always kind of had a a reliable weapon there for Drew Brees at that tight end. He's like he liked his tight ends, whether it was Jimmy Graham, whether it was Ben Watson uh, for a period of of time. It was Josh Hill where everybody thought he was kind of going to be the next big tight end that we had there. And so we haven't had that for the past three or four seasons, and I think they want to see that emerge again, and I think it's adding another tight end. Okay, well, somebody's going to get it, whether it's Taysom Hill, Jawan Johnson, or Adam Troutman. And if you don't, we're going to keep going out and trying to find a guy that will be the, the reliable tight end target that we need again. So it's to me, it's kind of they're putting pressure on that whole tight end room, and I think the pressure is mostly on Adam Troutman. Yes. Because – you're the true tight end there. These other two guys, Taysom Hill and Jawan Johnson, they're they're being converted there. So now they're in another real tight end. The pressure's on you now. So that, that's how I look at it. It's breeding competition, so I like it.
0: It, it you had a draft where it was Cesar Oise, Zach Bond, and Adam Troutman. Yeah. Yes. And that was all they did. Yeah. Like you if... Bond Bond's not Bond's not a complete w- loss yet. Bond, Bond is the, Nick, he's the only one out of those three that has to earn his roster spot this training camp.
3: Yeah, nah, he's, he's not. He a good might.
0: Of, of Of if If one of those guys were to get cut and not make the team this year, would be balling. It would be balling. I mean, that linebacker room is. I mean, he's he's last year. I, I I I'm no last year. I I bought into the man. He's had a great camp. He's looked good in the preseason, and then he was just not good. That's fair. And I was like, I'm not getting burned by you again. <laughs> I'm not fair. doing it. That's Fool fair. me once, shame it. on you. I mean, like, it, I, it, good high draft picks, like in the first three rounds. These that you got to produce. Yeah. I mean, yeah. everyone loves to applaud the Saints. Oh, they draft this, they draft. 2017 was historically great by, you know, NFL standards. But they've had some other ones where, yeah. you know, it, it, it was only two years ago, so the book's still out, but... You're entering year three, and if, if those guys are not good, then it sets you back, man. I mean, if those three guys were... If Cesar Ruiz turns into a a, a really good old lineman, which he needs to be because he was a first-round pick, mm-hmm. if Zach Bond can do anything, if Adam Troutman can be a legit starting tight end, suddenly you're like, all right, well, they they gave up they some okay. picks to move up. But right now, that that's looking like a bad draft that could set the team back. And when that's you... It. When you take on the mentality of the Saints, do of we're going to trade up a lot to just get the guys we want, as opposed to the Pats who are like, we're going to acquire a ton of picks. And, you know, a lot of people aren't going to be good, but we're going to have such a wide margin of error. We're We're going to have have enough out of here that are good. I mean, that's kind of the – that's part of the Patriot way. If you pay attention to their drafts, that's what they Mm do. If you do it the Saints way, well, you got to hit. Yeah, And right now those – the truth is those are misses thus far. Yes, you know, that's fair. And uh, hopefully this season that changes. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you would, would uh, your boy uh, from the Jets, what's his name, Herndon? Herndon. Had over 500 yards his rookie year receiving. It's pretty good. Yeah, not, not bad. bad. So I'm, saying, it, it adds, so I'm saying. he's, and he's a big-body guy, too. It like, adds he's pressure. What, what, what happened? He's just been dealing with injuries?
1: Injury and, I mean, the Jets. The Jets also, <laughs> I believe, that's where, is it not now where John U. Smith, Johnny went, Smith went? Jonu Smith there for a while, the, too. Uh, former Titans tight end. He went to the Jets, and now CJ Uzama's at the Jets. Yes, CJ is also
0: there. So they as well, were probably so. looking to you offload. Know, they took turned. Demario Davis. He was in New York. Look, for there's a, a lot while. of good players on that Jets Marcus team. Marcus May, maybe he'll he'll turn it around. There
3: are a lot of good players on that Jets team. It's just that the, that organization I is so flawed. They thought from the, it was a good idea down. to
0: hire Adam Gase. That was just.
1: The quarterback whisper. The second you saw the eyes that so on that rid- press conference, you should have known better.
0: It was so ridiculous. I will say,
1: Adam him. Gase looks
3: significantly less like an alien when he has a beard, though. Okay. It means nothing.
0: But, <laughs> 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 no, I, li- I like. I this just kind noticed of, it. I like this kind of talk. <laughs> he might actually be a person. Just need a <laughs> he just needs a little face. He just a little face. He might have a personality behind um, him. He might.
1: No,
3: I mean, and you, to your to your comment earlier about the training camp being worrisome, we already had a pretty big loss in training camp yesterday with Smoke Monday. This is a dude that teammates were in love with. Like, a lot of the players really, really liked playing alongside him. Tyron Matthew had loads of good things to say about him. This and is a dude, he was considered a of a kind attitude. of a,
1: a steal of he the draft because a lot of people thought he was going to go in the, you know, the third to fourth third to round, to fourth round he went sixth of the round? draft. Come so, on. I mean, the, a lot of guys, a lot of experts kind of considered him sort of a steal for the Saints. And he was absolutely a fantastic death guy, good attitude, Good work. good working
3: guy, and watching his knee go out
1: his it. his attitude reminds a lot i was uh looking into a lot of like the interviews and uh dennis allen a lot of the guys were talking about his attitude kind of rivals you know gardner johnson yeah. a little bit he's just got that he's, he's got, got that grin yeah he's got that great he's just got that that attitude and that mentality so
0: that's blaze bro that is nasty nick he's got the attitude in here i'm scott prather it's the great Scott show we're going to take a timeout, come back next hour, hit on Jonathan Lucroy hanging up the cleats, Tyrod Matthews return, circle back to the Dolphins discipline, MLB stuff, and if you're just joining us last night, the great Vin Scully passed away, and we've been enjoying some of his calls. And the thing about these calls I have here, it's not like they're old. They're like re- They're recent. This is Vin Scully, you know, Pushing 90, calling, calling these kind of games. It's crazy. Just, insane, uh, just the goat. Here he is talking about Madison Bumgarner when uh, he was on the mound against the Dodgers and saving rabbits from snakes.
2: You know, Bumgarner tells a story which, in a sense, reminds you of what it takes to be a big league ball player. two years ago in spring training, and he and his wife... Were roping cattle, which is what they do. One one pitch, sinker low, ball two, two and one, and they were startled by a large snake. And Madison thought it was a rattlesnake, so he grabbed an axe and he hacked the snake to pieces. But there's something more to the story. Two one pitch, low, ball three, three and one. When his wife, Allie, and an expert field dresser examined what was left of the snake, she found two baby jackrabbits inside pieces of the snake and extracted them. 3-1 pitch to Turner way inside ball four. And after she extracted them a short while later, the Bumgarners noticed that one of the rabbits had moved slightly. It was alive. Well, his wife brought the rabbit back to their apartment. For the next few days, they kept it warm, bottle-nursed it, and the rabbit soon was healthy enough that they released it into the wild. And Madison said, just think about how tough that rabbit was. First, it gets eaten by a snake. Then the snake gets chopped to pieces. Then it gets picked up by people and lives. It's all true. (laughs) Meanwhile, line drive base hit to center by Hendrick. And the Dodgers are in business, first and second, and nobody out. So I guess really the morale to the whole story about the rabbit and the snake, you've got to somehow survive, you've got to somehow battle back. A lesson well-taught for all of us. ESPN 1420, KPEL,
4: Lafayette, ESPN 1033, K277DQ, Lafayette. A Town Square media station. The best games, the best fans, the best on the bayou. The best, the best, the best. The best ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports.
2: Great Scott. The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other
5: radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by The Great Scott Show, the champion.
2: With Scott Prather, Steal the show. Hello,
5: everybody.
0: Welcome into the 8 o'clock hour of the Great Scott Show. And as we've been doing throughout the morning, here is another call from the late great Vince Scully calling the hot foot prank when baseball players light the back of a teammate's shoe on fire. And if you're saying, what the hell is that? Look it up. Teams have been doing it for many, many
2: years during games. Here's Vince Scully. Well, boys will be boys. A hot foot has been scheduled. Whose cue was that? Oh, that's Scott Van Okay. Little does he know. Remember, he got kicked out the other night for arguing about third strike call. We shall await further developments. Now we will see Adrian's cooling off. Well, maybe they tried to light it, and he was trying to fan it. Oh. Oh, look out here. Nada. The whole bench is waiting. Six to nothing in favor of the Dodgers. The big dramatic moment is, what about the hot foot? for Scott Van Slyke. Well, Adrian certainly set it on fire. It took a while before Scotty reacted and the first thing he does, something smells wrong in here. What is it that smells? Is there anything wrong with my hat? There's something rotten in Denmark. What it? Maybe it's my hat. No? Ah, now he found it. So needless to say, the Dodgers are playing pranks. They are not only leading six to nothing, they're well aware, the fact, as the bench breaks up, that the Giants are losing at least three nothing. And one of their favorite Just segueing right into the standings.
3: Just, oh, man. <laughs> Master.
0: Rest in peace Master to the, the GOAT, game. Vince Scully, man. What a stud. All-time great. Ninety-four years old and, uh I mean, just a, a legend. We, we've we spent a lot of time talking. When you consider he called a lot of Jackie Robinson's career. That's
1: crazy to <laughs> hear. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that sounds insane to hear. Like, wow. Mind-blowing.
0: Yeah. You know, you got Sandy Koufax, Don Drosdale. Tommy Lasorda, Kirk Gibson, oh my Oral Hyzer, you know Clayton Kershaw. I mean, we could go on and on. He wow. called twenty-five World Series and twelve All-Star games. Oh you know, he would do God. national games of the week and stuff like that. Retired in twenty sixteen, he was eighty-eight, and then got on social media and started interacting with fans there. Like just, just an absolute legend and um,
1: insane. Also, can we bring back the hot foot prank?
0: Oh, I mean, I, I, I don't know that it's gone. Yeah, I, think I, I would some teams love, still do it.
1: I would love to see it in full effect again, just, just all out. That sounds hilarious.
0: The '86 Mets did it a lot, and there was one, I forget which. There was like a an assistant coach that ended up, he ended up getting like actually burnt. Oh,
1: <laughs>
3: and well. they just,
0: they just, they just laughed about it. They didn't really, yeah. like, whatever, yeah. whatever, <laughs> Look, deal with it.
3: Baseball's got kind of a culture war going on right now between like new school baseball and old school baseball. That's
1: something from old school baseball that needs to stick around. Can you imagine somebody playing hot foot on Bill Belichick? No, no. <laughs> that would would not go over
3: well. I, I can know, imagine Cincinnati. someone getting cut from the Patriots. I don't know that
0: they do it to. I don't know that they do it to the actual head coach or manager in no. baseball. Usually, it's you know a clubhouse manager or something <laughs> Tommy, like that. Tommy
3: La Russa getting hot footed. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, no, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> no, I don't think
0: they're gonna do that. But you, just, I think you just you wrap some matches, you stick it to gum, and then. Put it on the back of a shoe and guys are just sitting there in the dugout looking out, not paying attention, and you light it. Vibing. Either they freak out because they're like, oh, my God, my foot's on fire and they, you know, it doesn't actually, the matches burn out, but they don't know it. Or they do like Scott Van Slyke. that's like, what's that smell like? What is that? Oh, I got, I got foot pranked. You just burnt a little. Foot prank. Um, took a little off the cleats. Uh, <sighs> hanging up the cleats, Jonathan Lucroy, Louisiana Ragey Cajun great. Uh, and, you know, over a decade in Major League Baseball. Legend. You, you can read more about it over at ESPNLafayette.com or the ESPN Lafayette app. But drafted by Milwaukee, uh, and, you know, was a, was a multi-time all-star there, and is going into the Milwaukee Brewers Hall of Fame. He's going to retire as a brewer, and then be inducted into their, I guess, their Wall of Fame. That's... You talk about being beloved as a player, to franchise. I mean, going into a a team's Hall of Fame or a Wall of Fame, Wall of Honor, if you want to call it that, that's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. Seven seasons in Milwaukee, two time All Star, but I think it tells you how much they they loved the guy there. We've yeah. talked about you know the Saints Hall of Fame and then their 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 Ring of Honor that they have, which is a little more prestigious. I mean, for for Luke Roy right out of the gate to immediately go in like that. You must love this guy, Milwaukee
1: yeah. man. And and you also figure for sport like baseball, where you see the the changing of faces so often because there's so many players within they can pull up from the minors at any point in time. And then obviously trading probably wasn't as pronounced we talked about it earlier. You, you go for you get the big names now. It probably wasn't as as aggressive as it is now. But still, I mean, seven seasons and for a guy to be inducted, you know, seven seasons with the Bruiser the Brewers, and to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he had to have been a real likable. Just a guy among the fan solid, base and the
3: organization. consistent guy.
0: A great hitter for a catcher, man. Yes. A uh, great hitter, period, but certainly for a catcher. I mean, he led the league in doubles in 2014. Um, and, you know, Luke's a great guy. Um, got a lot of respect for him. Tough as hell. And, you know, one of the great UL players ever, but, uh, you know, a solid 12-year career. And I know, you know, the last few is kind of bouncing on and off of rosters and things like that, but... You know, that stretch with Milwaukee certainly was uh, was great for him. And good to see him getting his honor and, and certainly wishing him the best in retirement, man. he um, He's a great one. So shout out to him as well. We talked last hour, fellas. MLB trade deadline. Everyone was kind of waiting for the Juan Soto deal. It happened. Uh, he's going to San Diego. I, I asked this, was I being a prisoner of the moment? Or does it seem like this year more teams are kind of just going – when I say going all in, obviously trying to win a championship, but for some teams, it it they're not just going all in while also potentially mortgaging their future. For some of them, it's like, yeah, we're making these moves, but it's not just short-term, it's long-term. For others, it's, you know, we're going to try to do this right now, which is kind of the feeling you get with San Diego. But it feels like, let's just use the phrase, going for it. Is there more teams just going for it this year at the trade deadline?
1: Yeah, and I, I definitely think you see it. Not just not just an MLB. I think you're seeing it pick up across sports. We saw the Rams do it last year with getting Von Miller and uh, Odell Beckham. They felt like they were going to put them over the top, and they did. And that happened in the middle of the season. Uh, the NBA has been doing it for quite some time now. You're seeing big faces change in the middle of the season. Season uh, In the off season, you're seeing big trades taking place. So I definitely think it's become a, a mentality sort of in this, in this new age of sports where teams are – They're going out and they're being aggressive and instead of kind of waiting and building a nucleus like where it used to be, it's teams want to win now. And if you have the opportunity to do so, if you have the capital, if you have the the space to trade for these big guys, why wouldn't you do it, you know? And as athletes get
3: better and better, these trades, you can slot these guys in mid-season easier and easier. And even in a sport sport like baseball, you can just slot these guys into your game plan. If you need them to hit, they'll hit. you need them to field, they'll field, you know? Uh, Like they they just do what you tell them to do and they they are – you're slotting in a guy who's just automatically better than whoever you had in the position. It it gets easier.
1: And that's a good point because I feel like baseball is a lot – It's whereas football, definitely the scheme matters. Like you're coming in and having to learn a whole new system. I feel like baseball is it's easier from a standpoint because it's not necessarily a scheme, you know the fundamentals are the fundamentals, and obviously the chemistry aspect of it is still a big deal. You have to connect with those guys on your roster, Yeah, and
3: you still got a game plan, yeah, you
1: still got a game plan, but it's it's at the end of the day you know if you if you're a good hitter,
3: yeah the game you got yeah the, the yeah. game
1: plan is still the same, like they're gonna want you to be aggressive once the yeah once the bats get hot, it doesn't matter
3: anymore,
0: all right, so. Seattle Boston the Dodgers the Mets the Yankees the Astros the Braves the Padres yeah who who are you what you got I mean are, are the Yankees the is it, is it Yankees or like the Yankees if I gave are the you, favorite. if I gave you Yankees or Astros like okay Yankees let's say Yankees come Astros or the field. To win it all this year. You're taking you taking door A or door B. I'm
1: taking the field. I don't know. I, I think Yankees are Astros. They, they're both <laughs> it's tough. they're both it's like tough. They, the the Yankees are just ridiculous, and then the Astros are not that far behind. No, they're not. So it's but like I'm, I'm taking the field,
3: not because I think that not because I think that the Yankees and the Astros aren't fantastic and the two best teams in baseball right now, but I'm taking the field just because I just have a feeling. I don't know. It's a hunch. Like it's I have a feeling about the Braves. Going back, repeating. I mean, I have a feeling about, um, about the Padres. I mean, they've been making big moves. The Padres, they, they they clearly want to win right now, and I feel like you know their superstars might be more inclined to put even more down because I know Tatis right now. A lot of people calling him a little bit overrated.
0: I, I would take Machado, Tatis, and Soto. I think that's pretty dang good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I think when you because. It's not, I mean, you know, they're both in the American League, so it's you're, you're thinking the, the AL is going to win if you just go Yankees or Astros. A lot of people, it, but you can't you can't rule out the Dodgers, obviously. You can't rule out the Dodgers. I mean, no, I, no. I, I wish the Mets had done something at the trade deadline, but as far as pitching staffs go, if they're healthy, yeah, they can yeah. go up that with anybody. Is, they got, you know, an incredible closer. They've got the arms to do it, and in the postseason, you know, I just being a Mets fan, I'm just waiting for the offense to collapse in a Huge moment, Um, but uh, you you could make a case for a lot of teams here. But I mean, Yankees, Astros feel like they're in the best spot. I think the Braves are in a really good. Yeah, man. See, you start talking yourself into a lot of these teams. Look, I know my boy Thomas
3: Bobbitt. If he's listening out there, he's gonna like me saying that the Braves have a chance to go back again. Big Braves guy. They do. They they got a chance. Like I'm not just saying this to 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 be a uh, not a homer, but to be a you know a buddy to my guys who are. Braves fans, I'm saying like they look
0: good. I mean the 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 Ra- the Braves last year went a big hole and climbed out of it. That's what I'm saying. Um,
3: so we know they can do it too if yeah. they have
0: to. Yeah, I, I think uh, so. Blaze goes Yankees come, Astros. You go the field. I'm not sure what to do. I guess if I was if I was just betting on it, I would probably go. God dang it! I don't know, fellas. <laughs> I keep going back and forth. I was about to say Yankees come at. As- like if kind of I'm betting, I'm
3: going to the field because it's a bigger payday.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's say all things are equal here. Let's just say, hey, you know, you get, a, you get, you get a grand based on which right. one happens, no matter what. Uh, yeah, I think I would. I don't know, man. Yankees, Astros. Look, give me the field. Give me the field. Dang there it. you go. Give me the field. Not that it matters. We're just talking out loud here, Vince Scully. We're going to hit on uh, some more of his great calls from his illustrious career. We'll talk a little college football. Tyron Matthew back at Saints training camp. We'll get into the secondary in New Orleans. And phone lines are open for you guys three three seven two six nine ten seventy seven. Here is Vince Scully. You mentioned it last hour, fellas. The catch, Dwight Clark, the in nineteen eighty one NFC Championship game between the Niners and Cowboys. Vince Scully calling some football. <laughs>
2: See the pick down on the right side, possibly. Montana, looking, looking, throwing in the end zone. Dwight, Dwight. Dwight, Dwight.
0: And now, Vin Scully calling a uh, little dust-up between Bumgardner and Usail Puig. Little chopper,
2: Bumgardner. Picks it up, can't make a tag, throws the belt, but makes a great catch. I mean, Bumgarner fired that, and uh uh-oh, now what? In the middle of the fight is George Lombard, the coach, not Cleed. Cleed is way off to the left. But Bumgarner, furious. Bumgarner was furious, and we're wondering why. And on this play at first base, the fellas down in the field tell me that Bumgarner kept saying, "Howling, I guess, at Puig, "Don't don't look at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. That's what it looks like, he's saying. And the next thing you know, Krieger saying something to the effect, what are you going to do to me? What? What you do to me? What you do to me? So one saying, what you do to me, and the other saying, don't look at me. Okay, we are going to the eighth inning in the latest drama of the Giants and the Dodgers.
0: Hearing, and hearing, like, the, the I guess, I, I don't know, was that a techno music behind him? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, the man was calling games in the 40s where it was just, you know, da, 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 da,
3: da. Yeah, actual like, calliope or whatever. Uh, right, right. Like, like the. Uh, organ yeah. music was still going on That's in baseball. Right. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I, and remember, remember you say Puig? Yeah. Yeah. Golly. I mean,
3: it's like. Even that feels like a long time ago right yeah. now.
0: Well, don't go anywhere. The Great Scott Show coming your way right after this. Hey,
3: this is
5: Rich Eisen. You can hear me every day on ESPN Lafayette from noon to
4: three on the Rich Eisen Show. ESPN Lafayette. E to the S to the P to the N. The best ticket in sports.
0: Welcome back into the great Scott Show. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I'm Scott. That is Blaze. That is Nick. Yo. From the Storm Team Three Weather Lab and Daniel Phillips today, your forecast: partly cloudy, sixty percent chance of rain and thunderstorms. High of ninety-two tonight. Partly cloudy, twenty percent chance of showers early with a low of seventy-four. Phone lines open three three seven two six nine ten seventy-seven. Fellas, now uh, Saints fans can stop worrying about Tyrod Matthew, right? Whew, right? They L- should little
1: breath. They should little little breath.
0: Okay, I
1: mean he's there. He's there, right? That that's what you want to see. Unless you unless there's another incident. I mean, we're in the clear for that. I mean, it was all speculation. It's not like he verbally came out and said anything. He just he took, which don't get me wrong. I mean, it was kind of a it was an eye raiser for I think all fans and everybody involved who liked Tyron Matthew. Uh, it's kind of a, a an eyebrow raiser when you saw the pictures and then the the same thing being taken out of his Twitter bio. But I mean, he's back now. And unless you see like another incident or if you hear talks of there this this conflict going on within the locker room, I think. You take a, you kind of take a breath of fresh air.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've only had six training camp practices. I, don't, I didn't hear anything about conflict. He just wasn't at camp, yeah, right? Um just, it, it was, it, you know, folks were look. You blame he, if if he was doing the same thing on any other team, I think the fan base would would have concern. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, the team scheduled to work out at nine a.m. today inside. It's closed to the public. Uh, I do. Th- there is some media availability later today, and. I'll go ahead and tell you guys right now, and everyone listening, I don't think you're going to hear much of anything other than, you know, it's a personal issue. We're just happy he's back. And yeah, he might be made available. He'll say the same thing. You know, I'm just I'm just ready to get to work and focus on football and appreciate the Saints. You know, giving me the space and you know we're just here to work. We got a lot of expect. Let me tell you about these other guys in the secondary. I mean, yeah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, that's, it'll that's, be the running around. And 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 if it's not a football issue. And it doesn't appear to be. Frankly, it's, it's unless they want to air it out, it's none of our business. Yeah, yeah correct. Business. correct. You know, um, and, and for most Saints fans or football fans, that's all they really want to hear anyway is, yeah, I'm here, I'm good, let's play. Yeah, really. Yeah. You know?
3: They just want to make sure that there's no bad blood between him and the team. Uh, a, a lot of the, I would say the, 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 the good fans, right? The fans that are not, like, trying to make this into a, a pageant. People who care about football just want to make sure that he's cool.
0: Yeah, I think the. the, the Look, you miss six, you're back at practice. That's good. That's yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um Nick, I I, I got a I, I got a bone to pick with you. Oh, oh, oh no. Did you I'll go, start filling out my did, paperwork. Did, did you go on social media and, and claim that football would be back tomorrow night?
1: It is. Football's it, back tomorrow night. He also he also said it on the airs at,
0: at what, airwaves what, at six.
1: I'll say it again of, right
3: now. Football's back tomorrow night. In what way? It's on T V. What
0: what do you consider football?
3: Uh, grown men hitting each other and throwing around a oblong shaped. I mean, you can go. Pigskin. You can
0: go watch practice somewhere. You can do that yourself. I'm not going to. If you, me, and Blaze <laughs> started throwing a ball around and pushing each other, I wouldn't call it like if it's live on television. NFL football. Can we put it on the Twitter socials, please? Oh, I will.
3: I will go and buy a football right it's now. We'll go Hall out to the of yard. Fame game. We'll go out to the yard. We'll start throwing a football. If if it gets picked up by Fox, I'll call it NFL.
0: I feel like it would be the equivalent of like. If you're really into Marvel movies, and it's like we're bringing all the logos of all the Avengers into a room, but it's not going to be any of the Avengers (laughs) in their uniforms. And it's really not going to have much of a plot. It's going to be really difficult to watch. But we're just, we just know that people like Nasty Nick are going to get excited just to see these. The Captain America shield, even if it's held by, you know, Joe Blow. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the 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 guy that's at the <laughs> end of the casting call.
3: I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm also not even planning to watch the game. I have I have prior arrangements for some uh, for some D and D with some friends. But I'm excited because
0: so the days are you, back. You're excited. You're excited. You claim football's back, but you're not going to watch it to play Dungeons and Dragons.
3: Yeah. Well, I made plans. I made plans before I knew what day the. Well, you should make plans. It's the Hall of Fame game. However, comma, what I will say: narratives are back. Preseason starting. I look. Devonte Adams is not going to play. Derek Carr is not going to play. Josh Jacobs is not going to play. Of Waller is not gonna not.
0: play. What, uh, Travis, nobody on Travis. Traver, Etienne Traver, isn't going to
3: play. Trevor Lawrence is not going to play. But
0: even if they would, like, we're going to
3: see dudes. We're going to see dudes who we're never going to see again in the NFL. They get their moment in the sun. We see some crazy plays every year. Tell me, tell me, like,
0: give me no, 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 nobody, no, no, no. no, no stop it. Give me a <laughs> Hall of Fame game memory.
3: That punter running like forty yards. Really? Oh game, I don't remember his name. What
0: game was that?
3: That was like three years ago, four years ago. Who
0: was it? It was longer than that. It was was, uh, uh, Tennessee. Because they they were were wearing the Oilers jerseys. All you remember about a Hall of Fame game is that someone in an Oilers jersey, a punter that got cut, scored a touchdown one time. And this guy's sitting over here saying football's back tomorrow, everybody. No, look at him. Football, hey. he's proud of it. Football's too. not back until Labor Day. <laughs> until Labor Day weekend. I'm sorry Labor Day to weekend, y'all are. Y'all That's man. college football, man. That's when football. Oh, you know, yeah,
3: yeah. okay, okay. You know what's so much better back.
0: than preseason football, especially the Hall of Fame game. I mean, good lord. What's better is training camp practice, yeah. depth charts, yeah, storylines.
2: Player interview.
3: comes from preseason. Hard not. No.
0: Well, I, listen. I will watch the Saints preseason games because you know I need to for the job. And there is you try to pay attention. Okay, watch the Saints anyone, preseason game for fun. Did anyone stand out? It's 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 a tough watch, especially when you get you know like six minutes into it. Nah. There's like okay, cool. There's paths, guys running around. You get to the second, but you're gonna be wearing Guardian. Caps. The Hall of Fame game. You're
3: gonna be wearing Guardian.
0: Caps. Is it, it's. What channel is it even on?
3: ESPN, I think.
0: Is it? I don't know. I don't. I don't. We'll I don't find know. out. You see, this guy's over here. He's not watching. He doesn't know what channel it's on. He can't remember but football's anything, back. and he's claiming that foot. It, I, I would be good if you had said football is back when the players reported to training camp, as opposed I did. to I did say the that. Hall of Fame game. I did say that. So it's back again when yeah, the, the great is, you rivalry between Las Vegas and Jacksonville. Scott, I'm going to tell you a secret. This is going to be my bit all season. NBC and Peacock.
3: Oh, I have Peacock. I'm gonna. Okay, I might have it on Peacock.
0: NBC was NBC's network TV.
3: But look, no. I'm, Scott, I, this is Peacock. going to be my bit. This is going to be my bit all season, but I guess I'll come clean with it right now, and I'll just still do it anyway. <laughs> I'm just going to say football's back every week. Every week, football's okay,
0: back. That's
3: fine. That's fine. I'm going to, I'm going to you know.
0: That's fine. That's, there's be- going to be that's a reason. better than claiming it's back. It's only back when the Hall of Fame game. For example,
3: like last week, football was back because of training camp. This week, football's back because of the Hall of Fame game. Next week, football's going to be back for a different reason. Next week, football's going to be back for a different reason. Football's going to be back every week until it leaves. And then football will be back because it'll be almost draft time. Okay,
0: so you claim this is a bit. Now, how is this a f- – do you think it's funny? Is it like – are you working on a show with this? Uh, I It makes me laugh. Is anyone, He's the funniest guy he knows, Blaze. Blaze is <laughs> nodding in complete – he is really upset with you right now. He Bla- looks disgusted.
3: Get, well, it's because I'm also because I don't think he, I think he's kind of frustrated. I'm not giving college football its snaps.
0: He looks
1: disgusted. There is nothing more exciting than Labor Day weekend. Nothing. I get absolutely goosebumps off. and chills thinking of Labor Day weekend and all the slate of college football games that are going to be going on.
3: Blaze, are you gonna you're gonna watch every single football? Game, oh, you, every single college you, football game. You can bet weekend.
1: every dollar you have on the dollar.
3: <laughs> That's awesome. I will. No, right. I'm not. Look, nothing wrong with that. I
1: will. You most just certainly to, will.
3: like I I don't know what it is, man. Like i non
1: conference matchups, big names that not you won't really see playing any other time. Not really oh.
3: interested in like matching.
1: Sorry. It's not maxion. It's like it's Florida State LSU. It's, it's Bama. Every,
0: it's every team playing.
1: Yeah, it's 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 Bama, uh oh yeah. man, I'm blanking on who they're playing uh, this this Texas. Yes, who? Bama, Texas. Like it's big names oh, okay. like that that like I might watch Bama, Texas just to watch Texas get smoked. Oh, dude, I, I'm here for it. It's Florida. It's Florida State, LSU. Florida State, Florida. is not going to be a game. It, it's it's still two big programs
0: that you don't get to Sunday. see. It's, UL and LSU play in Florida State this
1: year. Yeah, yes. Well, see, that
3: that actually does kind of matter to me. I do want to see what the score is of the LSU Florida State game because oh, if I'll we, watch. I mean, I'm going to watch that. That's if we have a bit a better point differential, assuming both teams. You know Louisiana that
0: win. August 27th there are some football games from for for some, college. Some, yeah, a, college a lot football games. Florida State gets a warm up game before yeah. they play LSU. They're playing Duquesne.
1: Yeah, Who? they they do have that. I forgot. It's like the week before.
0: Nebraska plays Northwest, but it used to be like one game. There's like yeah, there's a there's bunch like now. Twelve or thirteen games. There, hmm. there is that. There's like this random Vanderbilt <laughs> plays at Hawaii.
3: Yeah, at Hawaii, that's sick. Yeah, it's
0: Charlotte uh, at FAU. Wyoming and Illinois. See, so these
3: games, like, they're so non-contest. That I didn't I tend realize to not there get was that in there.
0: many games on the August like, twenty-seventh.
1: I think that's the most I've ever seen. There normally is like one, right. maybe two, and it's like it's like a, a Florida State Duquesne type thing. There, but that's some. You said would, Northwestern I would, Nebraska?
0: I would, I would watch any of those. I would rather watch any of those than <laughs> the Hall of Fame. Yeah. The, yeah. The, Look, the Hall I'll, of Fame. It's not a game.
1: Northwestern Nebraska. That's a
3: big one. No, the Hall of Fame game is an, is an overblown scrimmage. Like that's fair. I look. You're right. Okay, you're right. I, I like. I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna keep saying football's back because it is. And NFL football is the thing I look forward to the most every year. Like it's NFL football and like my birthday, and then like Christmas. But it, the college football being back at the end of August is also a big deal. I
0: I, I feel like we're in the previews before a big movie. Yeah, that's what training camp is... The Hall of Fame game isn't even a preview. It's just like a...
3: The Hall of Fame game is that brief black screen between previews.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's it. That's it. And then, you know, the movie starts, really really gets going.
3: I guess I just need to work on my sarcasm to make this bit work.
0: On the, um, you know, Labor Day weekend as Blaze pointed out. And then the next weekend, I mean, there's... NFL out. that, That Thursday night, that first Thursday night game where it's just an NFL game that counts, that's real. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean,
3: man. we only have three preseason games, and then there's an extra week, right? That's how it works now?
0: Yeah, I think it's – yeah, yes, yeah. So, I, I mean – The Saints' last game is a 26th. Actually,
3: so to your point, game. that Labor Day weekend, it'll be only college football.
1: Well, that's how it, that's how it always is. Is that how well, – no, no. It, it used is? to, no, be, the, the past oh, the to also be the – Oh, they had the preseason – In the past, it was also oh, okay, the fourth okay. preseason
0: game. Now, which those is why nobody watches. But, but, but those games were played on, like, Thursday and Friday. Yeah. Yes. They weren't – they were all done by Saturday. Correct. Correct. So Thursday and Friday, but Thursday and Friday you would have some college football. You know, typically the Saints' last preseason game would be the same night as that first Thursday before Labor Day where there's a good bit of college football games. You know, it's like. You got some
1: Sunday and Monday action on the, because LSU plays on the Sunday. They're the only game on, I believe, that televised that night.
0: Clemson-Georgia Tech on Monday.
1: Oh, that's a Monday game? That's the Monday game, Clemson-Georgia thought, oh, Tech? Come Listen on to
0: this dude. guy who's judging What's, Clemson-Georgia he, Georgia Tech after just saying he's going to get excited about Cal Poly and Fresno State. Yeah, really. I, will, I will watch I'll watch it. every single game. You can bet every dollar. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's sniffing his nose at a team that's Monday's won multiple like national the, titles that's, recently. That's
1: normally like the big one. You know, Clemson is Clemson is there, but Georgia Tech. Uh-huh.
0: But, Let's be real. Georgia Tech getting good. Clemson-Georgia Tech is probably you could argue it's bigger than LSU, Florida state based on the fact that last year, LSU and Florida state had losing records. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. I mean, let's not be, I mean, locally there's more interest in LSU and Florida state fan. Yeah. But Georgia Tech Clemson is, it doesn't have the sizzle that LSU Florida state does. It's a conference game. It's a conference game. You've got a team in Clemson that that always has big expectations and, are you Didn't calling meet me last LSU year?
1: homer, you Saints homer over there? Don't yes. you point that finger at me.
0: Hey, don't you point look. that finger at me. No. I, 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 Both I, things I'm, can I'm ex- be true, Blaze. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited for Louisiana Southeastern. Yes. yes. At Cajun Field. Yeah. Six is, o'clock.
1: Woo! That is a sneaky Four o'clock pregame good game right too. here.
0: Saturday, September 3rd. Um, I don't know about sneaky good, but I'm excited about it. We'll talk to Coach Michael Desimo tomorrow morning. Oh, He'll be yes. on with me at seven fifteen, and we'll have Love plenty that guy. of we'll have plenty of coverage for you uh, tomorrow during the day between eleven and 1.30. Follow us on Twitter at ESPN Lafayette. Lots of stuff from uh, UL football players, assistant coaches, head hey. coach, all that stuff. Straight a up, sneaky good game.
1: Uh, I've I've so biasly. I have a good friend of mine who plays for Southeastern, so I've been following them the past. Is that a season. word? Biasly? Probably not.
0: I love that. He just said, probably not. I love it. You're you Just roll it's, with it. But
1: it's the fact that it's the confidence that came out with it. I the people bias- like, <laughs> you just rolled with it. Like <laughs> that's I that's
0: was some, like, some, look at this
1: dude. $5 radio words, but biasly. I, I have a, a good friend of mine played with him at Lorville. Uh, phenomenal athlete. He was the, as a freshman, he was first team all American in the FCS of uh, second in the conference in interceptions in the Southland conference with six, uh, they were a pretty good team last year. Now, Cole Kelly's obviously gone, the SCM product, who played from here. But they're, they're returning uh, the number one defense coming back from last year. They're so,
0: a very good uh, FCS program. And look, you consider, look, Louisiana's they got the longest win streak in the country at 13 yeah. games, and they're, they're going to beat Southeastern. But let's look back to last year, at least under Coach Napier, and obviously there are a lot of changes. It would take them a little while to get going with the exception of of 2020, when they opened up with a win at Iowa State. But mm-hmm. last year was a three point win against Nichols. Yeah, exactly. Yes. You know, um, Excuse me. and so, you know, I don't, I don't, we'll learn the players report tomorrow. Yeah. Like there's, as much as we're saying, oh, football this, football that, it's still, still a little ways away. 31 days until Louisiana kicks off against Southeastern. Um, 39 days. Hey, look. Until the Saints and Falcons kick off.
2: We're last- under 40 now. But Once little, you get
0: under forty for Saints, yeah, forty feels like I'm thinking about Lent. It's La, like yeah. Yeah, I was a, about to do the same thing. Yeah, I don't know if I'm ready to sacrifice. But but now you're under forty. you're Like all right, we're we're getting close.
3: Look, man. I, so I was at I was at I was at every Louisiana home game for the last five years. Four years in college, and I was at every home game last year. This team has cons- has been like one of my most consistent fall like football things. Louisiana has been. Ripped me away from LSU, you know I am it, it in in order of excitement for me it goes Saints Falcons right next to it is Louisiana southeastern and like every other game and it is now nah, it's I'm still excited for every other game, but I'm just telling you that those home matchups like those home team matchups i I, I am not even gonna apologize for being a homer because it matters yeah no yeah no certainly. And like those those things like that's what you look that's what you look forward to as a sports guy and I know you guys can can empathize with this from the moment that February hits and the super bowl's been played and NFL's done and the moment that the BCS National Championship is over there's the football over,
0: depression yes yeah, so the, oh, the, the, the off, that, I mean like not to say that you're not excited about college baseball and basketball and other stuff but there's a piece of you that's missed That football. Yeah, yep. At football, piece of your I, soul. I'm sitting in the room with empty. baseball I'm sitting and in the room with two other
3: football guys. You know exactly what I'm talking about. So,
0: it's, you know, especially
3: yeah. in like the dog days of summer, like June, when nothing's going on, it's like
0: well, you get the NBA finals. I'll I'll admit, admit, I'm i am saying football wise. Uh, I'll admit,
3: I
1: wasn't I wasn't as huge as a as a UL fan as I became whenever I, I started going there. You know, just everybody in my family watched LSU. That's went, what a You I grew went to UL
0: when them. they were
1: yeah winning tons yeah, that's exactly. exactly so i mean yeah it, it was something to, but i still watched during the the uh the broadway era whenever he was the quarterback for ul again so winning winning lots good games, of games. Yeah. so i mean i <laughs> i wasn't as, as i say i wasn't as huge a fan i was still a fan of UL. you know i didn't hate on them like uh, you know some lsu fans might from this area and you know oh you know we don't like the cajuns where we don't like that school i i always I always enjoyed them but i I was definitely not as big as a fan as what I am now, you know, and I'm an alum now. So, yeah, go Cajuns all the way.
0: I mean, if you grew up somewhere, I think it's dumb to hate the thing that's there. That's yeah.
1: Ridiculous.
3: I don't understand
0: yeah, I it either. Now, have but, you moved here from somewhere else and you're always talking trash and you're from – all right, cool.
3: Oh, no, look, there, there's there's still some future potential that because of things that may be outside of my control, I may end up in Dallas or, or Houston or wherever – I would never be able to cheer for the Cowboys or the Texans. What? It's a a Saints. I'm a Saints fan until I die. Sure. And that's how home teams
1: work. But like,
0: man. Yeah. If if you're not a bandwagon jumper, it's it's ride or die. I guess what Louisiana did for me in terms of college football during
1: football season. I don't know if I could do it. Insufferable.
0: I don't know if I could do it. I mean, I just imagine if you're, I, you guys are young. I mean, y'all have seen the Cowboys win what three playoff games in, <laughs> in your entire yeah. life? We've had the good end of it. Like the longer cow, the the older Cowboy fans, it's like y'all got a lot of Super Bowls. Y'all got some great memories. The younger Cowboy fans, I'm like, look, all you know is disappointment. One of my and this like but but the, you know you stick your chest out like <laughs> oh look five rings. It's like you didn't get to experience of the- any of that joy. Yep. You know what I mean. One of the biggest. Like, if, if I met a, a an L, look LSU fans, football fans, you got to experience three national titles. Yep. I'm sure yep. they're all blast. If you're like an LSU fan in their 40s or 30s, and you're like 1958, baby, it's like, okay, you, you, you know, <laughs> like you. I, if you're having an argument of overall program, it, if if it's within a debate, sure. But if you're like celebrating it, like you like lived it or were a part of it, it's like, man, you were. Swimming, you weren't even yeah. born. You yeah. know what I mean? I yeah, for sure. It just, I <laughs> using it for a debate when comparing programs or franchises or whatever is fine. Using it as trash talk when you're a 25 year old Cowboys fan is lame. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Agreed. It's like grow up. <laughs> move on. You what? You you weren't you weren't My even dad. around. What are you doing? They're three and ten in playoff games since 1996. Like, come on. They yeah. like, they they over sell and under deliver every single year it seems like hey, one,
3: one of the darkest family secrets my family had was we had a coat closet and in that coat closet was a Dallas Cowboys jacket. Guess what? <laughs> one Guess of the what the
1: darkest <laughs> secrets Wow
3: Guess what? As soon as, <laughs> oh, wait, as soon as we got old enough to do some cleaning One of out, the
0: darkest secrets.
3: When, as soon as it came to cleaning out that closet, that Cowboys jersey went where it needed to go. Not, not jersey wait, coat uh, went where it needed to
0: go. Why 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 was there a coat?
3: Because so uh, my dad had admitted to me that back when the Saints weren't as good. He wanted to root for a winning NFL yeah, team. Yeah, I don't,
0: I don't like your dad.
3: You know. <laughs> he came around. He came around.
0: I don't think I like your dad. He came around. Quit <laughs> on a team. Without hesitation. Root for the best at the moment and then come back later. I got nothing for you. You're, you're, you're at a different section of the bandwagon. God
1: just denounced your dad. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Sorry, hey. mister. I, I I see, you know. No, I, he... he not i i don't it was I, like I'm a sure, family thing i'm sure your dad's fine but yeah, as that's a, great from, from a sports fan standpoint he's a little got, shady
1: in my book now though i got, for I got, that. I
0: got, I got no respect for him yeah, i don't know from if I sports that. fandoms as a man you tell me he's great i i respect he's the hell genius,
1: out of genius
3: man smart i, guy. I res,
0: respect his smarts just not smart when it comes to you know sports fandom and well wow. you know a little shady in my book after your bandwagon I mean, you, just, like you there. just put your dad's di- you said dirty dirty yeah secrets. that is
1: dirty you're right this, I mean, you, you, you're on the sports airwaves, man. You
0: just, you just put a target on your dad. How would bag. your dad feel about you? Just,
3: My mom's probably listening right now. My dad can't listen because he's out of the country. How, how, is, how would you feel about gonna, you, I'm going to get a text about this later.
0: About you sharing with the world that he admitted to you as a son. Did he? Let me ask you this. I mean, I'm going to try to redeem your, your dad <laughs> here. Did he say, all right, I admit it, son. I made, I made a mistake, and I don't want you to make this same thing. <laughs> Did he Not, use it as like a teaching moment? It to was tell like
3: you? it was definitely like a stick with it kind of thing. Because he's like, you gotta understand these these were the Aints, these were the paper bag days. Mm-hmm. And he was like, it was a family thing because his granddad, my, my my granddad, sorry, my granddad, his dad's did the same thing. His his dad, my my, uh, I'm gonna keep doing this backwards. My granddad was actually a Cowboys fan primarily; wasn't really a Saints fan at all. But so he was like, no, you gotta stick with it. Like he's like you. He's always telling me, and I remember Scott, you saying the same thing. You've never seen a losing Saints team. You've never seen the bad Saints teams. You didn't get to experience that.
0: Are you telling me that? Huh? Oh, he was telling you. He told this. me that.
3: Yeah. Yeah, he was telling me that. <laughs> I've like, seen it, brother. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying you te- You told me the same thing. Like, you've mentioned that to us as well. Like, we've never seen, like, losing Saints teams. So he's like, be thankful and stick really with them bad. when they get bad. Yeah. yeah, you've
0: seen seven and nine. You haven't seen, like, a no, like, no, he's talking yeah. about
3: bad. And, and he was like, stick with them if they get bad because, you know, you know they do come man, back. There to was the, th-
0: the thought of the Saints even like getting to a Super Bowl was it was like a, it basically it would be like you dreaming about like winning the lottery. Like it was it seemed that far from reality yeah. for many years. And then it was like they can't even want a playoff game. Like they're not on the big games, they're not talked about, they're just bad, they're this, they got all these problems. It's you you can, yeah. When they won that Super Bowl, for anyone that like you know, and especially someone like you know my parents or my mom who like was at the first game ever in '67 and grew up down the street from Tulane Stadium and all, I'm just like they, they. I, I came around and you know I was I'm old enough to remember pre Dome Patrol, but then I was young when the Dome Patrol and they yeah. we, they went a playoff game, but they were still like fun, and then they got bad and they were bad, but like <laughs> I didn't go through the first. When the, they didn't have a winning season for twenty years. Like I wasn't there in the seventies. Like those those Saints fans that stuck with it. When the Saints have won, my that, utmost respect. Yeah. When
3: the Saints won that Lombardi, every man in my family cried. Oh yeah. Every man in my family. Well, cried.
0: I hope your dad didn't. He he did. No, he didn't deserve that. <laughs> he didn't deserve he didn't deserve to enjoy that. He can no, no. No, he, he he quit and came back. I hope he was crying out of shame.
1: oh my gosh honestly he has has no
0: idea what to say i I don't
3: know what to say like you're talking about my hero right now but no i mean you know i mean it was one of those things also both my brothers like you gotta understand by the time my brothers were born now my oldest brother's 15 years older than me so this is a big big age gap my dad was already past that like he had had, you know he'd come back home he realized the error of his ways
0: okay all right, good. All right. He's he was, back. He's back. He was in the fold. He's back. He's back in. He was in the fold. Like this he's was I'm talking in. like
3: this this is like an issue in his
1: 20s. He had been turned to the dark side minute. Yeah.
3: Like he, you know, you know how some people go to college and they go a little bit crazy? Yeah. His
1: crazy He went was, through a pre-midlife crisis. Yeah. But he but he made up for your power right, five.
3: He, he all, all three of his kids, yeah. myself included, were raised Saints fans and will
1: probably die all right, Saints all right. All right. He still didn't deserve to cry for that Super Bowl, well, though. <laughs> 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 but just be honest. He went to the darkest of the dark. He could have went to the Packers. That's anybody so like that. Funny. He no, went yeah, to yeah, the
0: no. Cowboys. So no, no, no. You can't, you can't leave, period. I mean, back then, uh, what, what, what year do you think this was when he did that? Like, around what time been, frame? It must have
3: been the 80s. Because he was talking about the paper bag dude. At least he didn't go to the
0: Niners at that point in time. No, yeah. he was Saints. in the 80s. So, pre- yeah, I guess cow I mean, cowboys. It is, it's is pre-dome patrol. Yeah, my dad was one of
3: those guys. He was also always like a student of the game kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So like he was, he, he would watch the Saints. He would watch the Cowboys. Like Tom Landry, they were the only other team in town, mm-hmm. uh, in town, you know, in the area. And then, but then he was like, he was watching every football every Maybe NFL He was just game.
0: crying because he's like, I, I'm emotional, but I'll, I i do not know. Well, my dad. I can't feel the same emotion that like my siblings are feeling that are crying right. <laughs> yeah.
3: Now. Well, my dad. My dad is a is a very. He's the first to tell you. He's not afraid to cry. He's a very emotionally mature gentleman. I'm just
0: so. with you. No, too. I like, know,
3: <laughs> I know. But like, I gotta, I gotta go to bat for my pops though. Come on.
0: You should. You should. I always especially go to bat after for my airing pops. out. Yeah, that's what you, you, you yeah, you started the dark, dark, you have to dirty family well, I mean, secret.
3: It, come on, if that's the darkest secret my family has, that's it's, not a good.
0: Listen, deal. I know I know some lifelong Cowboys fans and um they're not like Norman Locke. They're they're not annoying. They're actually, you know Oh <laughs> uh, close your ears Norm. Close your ears. They're good they're good they're good, they're good folk and um Close your ears Norm. you know I you reach a certain age where legitimately like I, they're not, a, I like feel, I don't, I don't like, I don't mind making a joke about the Cowboys when they blow it in the playoffs, but I simultaneously actually feel bad for them. Yeah. Like, I'm like, man, I, you know, I. and when they win, I'm like, you know what? I don't root for the Cowboys, but I'm genuinely happy for you. Yes. Now. With the Falcons, no, like, no. It, you know, I yeah, I don't no. I don't know a Falcons fan. I mean, I have no need to. I have no reason to. And I would have no desire to ever be happy it's, or sad for them. I, I went would to only, school with one. I would only revel in their misery.
3: One just joined my fantasy football league. Ugh. And I, we, he, we, he came into the group chat. Everyone's was like, hey, man, how's it going? What's your favorite team? It's always the first question we ask when someone joins the fantasy football league. And he goes, y'all going to smoke me? And I was like, we're like say it, bro says the Atlanta Falcons, and just message, 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 message. Like miles of messages I, I, appeared
1: in I'll tell you time. one one thing about the Cowboys, and this happened a few years ago to me. I remember seeing this is when I was still in high school, uh which wasn't that long ago when you think about it in terms, but uh <laughs> it's was, qu- about a quarter <laughs> of, of your life. Shit.
0: This is yeah. back, you know, and <laughs>
2: this is back in 2017.
0: <laughs> it's
1: about a quarter of your life, but bro. I remember seeing uh one of my classmates that I went to school with huge Cowboys fans and he had the nerve to say, go cowboys, G A G E A U X. No.
0: Like, no, no, no. He had the nerve no. to say You mean he had the nerve to spell D- it yeah, out? Yeah, he spells it out like hashtag yeah. go cowboys. Uh, no,
1: <sighs> no, take it off now. That does not belong there. My, my fist just clenched. How about
0: him, cowboys? Oh How my about goodness. Them the audacity. The audacity. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh...
3: Nothing makes me happier than Stephen A. Smith sarcastically shouting out. How about them
0: calculus? They are polarizing. They draw a strong reaction. They apparently cause smart men to do terrible things. <laughs>
3: old <laughs> uh, secrets. Shout
0: out it, dad. Old secrets exposed. Love you dad, I wouldn't be here without you. Uh, shout out to Nick's mom and dad. Uh that was that was funny. Didn't didn't think that segment was coming, but here we are. But yes, tomorrow night football is back according to Nick. Woo! At Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton. When the... Uh, it's actually Los- called
3: Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium? Yeah. they That's yeah, awesome.
0: He, he, he paid for... It got refurbished a little bit, and, and so they changed the name That's of awesome. it uh, several years back when Tom was still alive. But Las Vegas versus Jacksonville. One of the great rivalries in American sports. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For yeah. Sure. Legendary. Ancient. I mean, Collinsworth, Tarico. good luck to him, man. This is, this is <laughs> when they got to be like Vince Scully. This is when they got to be like Vince Scully. You got to tell stories during the game because there's only so way you can keep a casual fan that's not a gambler who's a degenerate that bets on the Hall of Fame game under (laughs) um, that, you know, this undrafted player out of wherever uh, is got some story worth listening to. So good luck to those guys tomorrow night. That's the real game, the announcers. That's the real battle that's going on. Chris Collinsworth. If
3: you are a generic gambler, bet the under and bet over two turnovers.
0: <laughs> okay. Well over two turnovers. Well over two turnovers. There's no way it's just two on the board. I
3: think I think it's like There's two or three it, or four. It probably should
0: be like eight. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, it's eight, bet the under. <laughs> uh, all right. We'll go ahead and uh, wrap it up with one more call from the late, great Vin Scully, who passed away last night at the age of 94, just talking about bird poop. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Remember... Coach Michael Desimo tomorrow morning at seven fifteen. Dan Lust at eight. We'll get into the Sean Watson suspension, the Dolphins' punishment, and more. Sports attorney Dan Lust, and working on a few other guests as well. The Dan Patrick Show's next, but first, Ben
2: Scully. Bottom of the second inning, no score, and the subject is Mike Matheny. Matheny, 44 years old, come the end of September, born in Ohio, lives in Missouri. But he was not even 18 years old, and he came to the University of Michigan with a major league dilemma. Earlier that summer, the Toronto Blue Jays had drafted a catching prospect in the 31st round, but Matheny decided to honor his college commitments, but he had a lot of doubts. Getting drafted was a dream come true. And if he waited till later on, the next time the offer would be less or not forthcoming at all. So, he was a young man, not 18, and a lot of pressure. Should I turn pro or go to college? Major League Baseball rules allow players to sign with teams up until the player officially enters college full-time. That's the key, full-time. Anyway... Matheny showered, ready to go to class for the first day. Walked out of the dormitory, stomach knotted. And a pigeon defecated directly on his head. Now, conventional wisdom would suggest the bird bombing was a sign that he should hit the road. But Matheny had to go back and clean up. The pitch to Uribe, a strike, all in one the count. He went back and showered and cleaned up and decided... All of a sudden, he was at peace. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to go to college. And there was one other thing that happened. The strike one pitch swung on and missed, 0-2. Matheny went to his first class, and when he reached class, he noticed a pretty field hockey player named Kristen. And he would marry her and live happily ever after. And that's the story of Mike Matheny and the bird pool as Uribe hasn't much of a swing as he returns against a great pitcher and strikes out.